0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. There wasn't a lot to say. Uh, everybody's pretty pissed off. This is the Believe in Trailblazers Show. The Portland Trailblazers have won the World Championship on Believe Podcast Network. Boom, Chaka Portland's number one sports podcast network. Now. The Blazers win! Times, to 137. Here's your host, Jordan Schultz. This is egregious. This is egregious. Your office fans, you know what I'm talking about. Well, and if you're not, well, then you Trailblazers fans probably feel that sentiment with me. This is egregious. The Blazers down a game in the standings that they could have had because really of an inexcusable mistake by three different referees in Utah last Friday night. As Portland was down 116 to 114 with 20 seconds remaining, Damian Lillard drives the rock to the hoop, lays it up off the glass, only to have it blocked by Rudy Gobert. No big deal, right? That's goaltending. It's off the glass, so the game should be tied. You can't touch the ball after it hits the glass. That's usually an obvious thing for the referees to see. Unless you're Josh Tiven, Brian Forte, or J.B. DeRosa, none of them saw it, so the illegal play going away just as quick as the Blazers' chances at winning that very important road game. They lose final score 117 to 114. The uproar has been loud, and it's been from players and fans alike. Makes me wonder why the NBA just can't Focus on getting the call right. It's pretty simple. Get it right no matter what it takes. So I'm asking the question, is it time to add a fourth referee in the NBA? I say yes, but with a twist in a way that allows calls to be corrected even when the refs don't blow their whistles. I've got the perfect solution and I'm going to tell you what it is. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you. Episode six of Believe in Trailblazers on the Believe podcast network. Believe is Portland's number one sports podcast network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe if you have any burning questions about Rip City? You want answered on the show, or if you heard something I said and want to tell me I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter on the air Jordan with an O like this week's topic. Should the NBA add a fourth referee for every game? I think it's absolutely imperative to the success and the integrity of the league going forward. Do you agree or do you think I'm nuts? You can tell me on Twitter, on the air, Jordan, with an O. Of course, this show is available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. I'll lay out the argument of why it's imperative that the NBA adds a fourth referee shortly. But first, got to update you on some of the latest news involving the Blazers since, of course, the trade deadline coming and going this week. Big news, uh, regardless if it wasn't a lot of big names. Switching hands, uh, the Blazers still making two headlines, one involving a deal they did make and one involving one they didn't. Scalabissiere, Blazers power forward center combo was traded along with some cash money, uh, about $2 million to the Atlanta Hawks for a future second round pick in 2022. Four. and you know Scal he was playing well this season. Trent so, Jr in the lineup. up okay. the Scal explodes to the rim, two-hand jam. I know fans will never forget when he went off in Sacramento back in April of last year for 29 points either. You know, Blazers fans got to see Lebisi grow as a player fairly quickly and he really got thrown into the fold a lot because of injuries this season. Unfortunately for Neil O'Shea, this was basically another luxury tax dump, uh, which I understand their need for savings is high for Portland right now. Portland saving almost $4 million towards the luxury tax. The bill uh, now sitting at almost $6 million. Uh, the Trailblazers also getting an open roster spot, and Scal hadn't been playing, so I, I guess that is kind of a positive. Just trying to see if they can get another body, you know, one more valuable off the buyout market on the veterans' minimum. Uh, One reason fans should be aware of as to why the Blazers are trying to cut their luxury tax bill now. Uh, I mentioned saving money is good. They really need to save money going forward. They want to avoid what is called the repeater tax in future seasons, especially during uh, 2021-22 season and beyond the Supermax extensions kicking in for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. So that's a big deal. And the Blazers need to clear out some of that money now so they can try and avoid paying a luxury tax because if you're a tax team three out of four seasons uh, you pay penalties in an excess of one million dollars per million you're already being penalized so basically you're doubling up your payment and trust me when I say that is the last spot that Neil O'Shea wants to put Jody Allen and the franchise in needlessly wasting cash. And who knows, Scalabissiere, his value because of the injury, not really that high right now. And as well as he was playing in Portland in the limited action, not a lot of teams really know exactly what they're getting. So, heck, maybe they can bring him back for limited money on mid-level exception kind of money next year. Uh, All I'm saying is Scalabissiere, you know, wave at him as he goes. It was nice to have him in Portland, but uh, this is really a positive going forward for Neil getting some cash off the docket for next year. The other big news around the trade deadline is that Hassan Whiteside remained a Portland Trailblazer. Tons of rumors been flying around that he was on the block, and it makes sense because he was on an expiring contract. The Blazers looking to minimize costs, as we just talked about. He was acquired in the offseason on a pretty good deal, flipping uh, Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard, and a couple of picks getting Hassan back. So they really came out positively on the talent side of that trade. Uh, GM Neil O'Shea talking after the trade deadline though, wondering in his mind why anyone was talking about letting Hassan go. His name was never mentioned in trade conversations this year. He's our starting center. Um, We acquired him back in July with the ability to be our starting center for the season and he's performed beyond expectations this team this team has no chance to compete this year without a starting center we are not going to rush Nurk back we're being conservative in his return we're going to monitor his minutes when he gets back we're going to monitor back-to-backs when he gets back so you know this hassan is the anchor to our defense he's been one of more of the efficient players in the nba this season so it is imperative that hassan Whiteside stay a portland trailblazer even with the return Of Yusuf Nurkic on the horizon it's going to be limited minutes at first and Hassan of course showing last week more of why he should be staying he went for 17 points 23 boards and four blocks to lead the Blazers to a 125-117 win over the Spurs Rip City will have possibly the best front court in the entire league once Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins get healthy It may be a tough sell getting Hassan to stay in Portland playing around 30 minutes a game. He's making a lot of money at 27 mil this year, but the Blazers do have his bird rights, which means they can go over the cap to re-sign him. So I'm hopeful that a player as good as he is couldn't possibly turn down the chance to enjoy himself in Portland. Playing very impactful minutes, and he's playing minutes that are very very good for him stat wise because he's playing alongside Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and making a legit effort for an NBA championship over the next three seasons so of course no guarantee that Hassan Whiteside is going to be a blazer after this year but it sounds like GM Neil Olshea is planning on doing what he needs to keep him and he can't really comment on that because it's a violation Uh, can't talk about free agents unless it's actually in free agency So you just got to wait and see. But I think Neil O'Shea is trying to plan on signing Hassan Whiteside again going forward. And could you imagine how good that lineup would be, Portland? You have those three we're talking about, Collins and Nurkic and Whiteside. You got Carmelo Anthony there anchoring the four as well. Can slip down to the three. You've got Trevor Ariza, who I now hope the Blazers will re-sign this year. And Rodney Hood at that point would probably become your sixth man since you have Damon C.J., At the guard positions, obviously starting and that along with Gary Trent now showing up as a three point shooter, a legitimate option off the bench. What else do you need as a Portland Trail Blazers fan? It it looks like everything else as far as the pieces are going to be there. It's what we expected this season. It's just been pushed back a little bit, unfortunately, because of the injury situation. We're getting there, Blazers fans. All right, let's get into the debacle that happened in Utah last Friday night and let's try to figure out why the Trailblazers were not able to come out of Utah with a win despite a fantastic effort from a short-handed bench. You've got an already banged up team fighting for a playoff spot and then loses Trevor Ariza to ejection during the game. Anthony Simons down with a concussion and despite everything that Portland was fighting, they had a chance in Utah to tie that game with 20 seconds to go. Let's just listen as it happened and talk about how to fix this freaking mess afterward. Lillard into the backcourt. Has it in his hands. With Portland down two. Lillard splits the D. Drives and looks like it should have been a goaltend. It should have been a goaltend. No call that absolutely looked like it should have been a goal ten. Absolutely, one hundred percent was a goal ten. Hits the window, clearly Obvious. a goal yep. That's just ridiculous. I'm sure that I was just as mad as every other fan when it happened. A lot of us were screaming watching the game together on on that Friday night. If you're on Twitter, you'll see that even Mavs star Luka Doncic was w- wondering why the refs didn't call a goal ten. Afterwards, I don't think I've heard players and coaches speak as pointedly about a missed call as this in a while. Uh, here, to start, here's what Blazers head coach Terry Stotts had to say after that freaking massacre. Just a shame that it was decided on an inexcusable miscall. call. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. They could have called goaltending and reviewed it, uh, but they, they, they uh, swallowed their whistles on a play that was pretty out, so... Uh, it's disappointing that such great effort was uh, decided by that. What would you tell your team coach? There wasn't a lot to say. Uh, everybody was pretty pissed off. Hey, Terry, what did they say in real time? So it wasn't a goal take. All three of them. You usually don't hear Terry uh, giving that much flack to the referees and his post-game pressers, but he knew that he had to be blunt and looked pretty angry, as I'm sure he would be. Go to YouTube, watch that press conference. He was pissed. And he said so, as was everyone. Damian Lillard was inconsolable, lashing out at officials on his way off the court. So badly, he was being held back by an assistant coach. And who could blame him? Even Utah point guard Mike Connolly said it was a tough call. (laughs) Still got the win for you guys, though. Damien continuing to show his attitude when he put the referees on blast when he spoke with the media after the game. We get to the last play of the game and they miss an easy call. And then they tell us it's an easy no call. Like that was obviously not a goal team. It cost us a game, man. It cost us a game. Give what say about the way you guys played throughout the night? I love the way we played. We was on the back-to-back against a, a team that plays really well at home. And we came out and did what we were supposed to do. We had a great first half. They made their run, got back into the game, and we weathered the storm, and we gave ourselves a chance to win a tough game on the road. And like I said, man, they cost us a game. It's an easy call. Three referees out there, and they don't call, they don't call that. I don't want to see no report about, oh, we should have called it or none of that. Man, they cost us a game. We're in a playoff race, and they cost us a game. That is just so frustrating, and I think what frustrates me the most is hearing the referees telling them, at least in real time, that it was an obvious no call, just wasn't as obvious maybe as you thought it was. How ridiculous is that explanation? It just pisses me off as a fan. I've seen a lot of missed calls. I've seen missed calls go against my teams. I've seen them for my teams. Uh, Example, the infamous blunder, Oklahoma, Oregon, uh, back in the 2000s, Pac-12, at the time Pac-10 officials had to apologize to Oklahoma because they screwed a call up so bad that gave Oregon a win, you know, so I've seen it on the end of my teams getting the effect in a positive way too. But this was just a massive choke job by all three officials in the final seconds of this Blazers game against Utah. I guess the NBA got one small thing, right? According to Chris Haynes of Yahoo sports, uh, Portland trailblazers star, Damian Lillard will not be fined by the league for his post game remarks and tweets directed at officials following a missed goaltend that resulted in a loss to the Utah Jazz Friday night. That's what league sources told Yahoo Sports' uh, Chris Haynes. Lillard was interviewed by the league on Saturday, sources said. So essentially, the NBA, that they're saying, if you read between the lines without actually saying these words, that the decision by Dame to speak out wasn't criticizing the officials because the officials were flat-out wrong. The NBA, in a statement, did come out and say, at least in the final two-minute report, that goaltending should have been called and that stupid what Dame was talking about. And I actually tweeted it out myself on the air, Jordan. Those stupid reports that you get from a pool reporter asking a question of an official on a call like that. Yep, the official came out and says, unfortunately, we should have called goaltending. Yeah, well, no crap. Come on, man. Cost the Blazers the damn game. They can't get it back, just like Damian just said. So I guess, yeah, Damien's not going to get fined. That's a win. But the rest of this situation is crap. I'm tired of living in a sports world where the refs are just above reproach when they're wrong and then continue to be arrogant as hell after it happens like in this situation. That holier-than-thou attitude. I just cannot stand it. It's why I don't like to watch like tennis as much. It's because all those people are pretty damn snooty. It, the referees in these situations are pretty damn snooty. Here's what needs to happen. Just like in the NFL, uh, where there's guys in the booth or a replay official is up there watching during the game, they need to be there in the NBA, and they need to have the ability to buzz down to the referees to stop play. The NBA needs a fourth referee at every game in a room under the arena watching different angles. The NBA also needs to allow... That official has the ability to communicate with his buddies on the court when they screw up, regardless if they blow the damn whistle or not. Forget. Forget the human element, please. These outcomes just matter too much. Not only should the refs be fined accordingly, but re-educated and suspended. I'm sorry. I know I sound sound gratuitous, but I don't think that's too far. The NBA, on top of re-educating and suspending them, needs to put some money and effort into ensuring that their outcomes are accurate and infallible from any mishaps. Why? When there is the technology and system out there available to be near perfect, people will still be crying about this. all the human element. It's okay that it's affected by the human eye. Everybody makes mistakes, and that's why sports are sports. Stop it. That is a stupid argument. It's beyond me. How stupid is that concept sound? Think about it. We could make it better, but we won't since humans are part of the game. I'm not advocating for robots to do everything all the time regarding all sports being officiated. I just want the leagues to have the ability to fix the screw-ups right there in real time. So the Blazers don't get screwed out of a chance to win. There's no factual reason not to. It's just people with emotional reasons. Since people feel like the game should still be played a certain way. No more of this. It's 2020. Stop using a Polaroid camera to try and take a formal family picture. Don't rely on the three guys on the court to get it 100% right. Get them some help so fans can get back to caring about the game And not the officials. They're not there to watch the officials. They're there to watch Damian Lillard. Go past Rudy Gobert and get to the hoop. It's so simple. And ultimately, that is why it is so beyond frustrating to deal with. Absolutely tired of it. Get a fourth official in. Get them with replay abilities. And get them with the ability to buzz down to the officials on the court. And make the change. Regardless of the whistle being blown or not. Done with it. Now it is time for this week in Blazers history. If you're new to the podcast, this is where we take time to acknowledge a historical player or moment important to the team from around that week. This week, we talk about a very famous, very famous trade for Rip City. Uh, Let's try and set the scene here. The 2003, 2004 season full of changes for players and fans. But the biggest of all, is the trade involving this guy that happened this week 16 years ago we recognize that uh, at some point in time that the portland trailblazers and rasheed wallace were going to have to part ways that's right february 9th 2004 the portland trailblazers trading wesley person and rasheed wallace to the atlanta hawks for sharif abdul rahim dan dickow and theo Ratliff. does anybody remember that if not if you're too young well, we will explain it to you for the very first time. And if you do remember it, let's relive some Blazers history. You hear that clip? Uh, that is uh, former Blazers president, Steve Patterson. Why did they feel the need to part ways? Fans in Portland had had enough of him, but why? Now, this was amidst a pretty massive rebuild for the Portland Trail Blazers. That whole 25-point pledge that they were trying uh, to tell their fans that they were giving each player that now that they were basically going to hold their entire franchise's values by. And earlier in the season, trading Bonzi Wells for Wesley Person, Of course, Wesley being flipped with Rasheed Wallace to the Atlanta Hawks. And Rasheed, Damon Stoudemire, Bonzi Wells, the whole culture, you know, of of the Jailblazers back, Zach Randolph, of course, you got J.R. Ryder. There's so many guys that we could talk about. But Rasheed Wallace was a part of that. Ilk. And at the time, fans wanted him gone. Rasheed was a great player, though. He's had a complicated relationship with officials and the media over the years. I was a native of Philly, but came to Portland in 1996 from the Washington Bullets in a trade for Rod Strickland. Uh, this was just his second season in the NBA out of North Carolina, but already showing that he was so athletic and super smart. And talented enough to be one of the league's best forwards. Made two all-star teams in 2000 and 2001. You know, I I don't even think fans would argue, Blazers fans would argue that he wasn't very good. It was the issues with the refs. It was his demeanor on the court. As well as the run-in with police involving weed. That stained his reputation in rip city so we can go over all of this uh, as to why the blazers traded him the issues with the media uh you remember this clip the both teams played hard infamous clip after a game four win against the dallas mavericks in the 2003 first round playoffs yes uh, this was a win that he was talking about both teams play hard my man both teams play hard both teams play hard both (laughs) teams play hard God bless and good night. He sounds like an ass. All right, I get it. But if you hear his explanation years later on The Jump, I believe it was with Rachel Nichols and Steven Jackson, he talks about what his mindset was and why he said just that and wouldn't say anything else to the media after a win. It came from um, my battles with the media right. uh, when I was out there in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of things being said about us that wasn't true. Um, so it was it was my thing. If if I said something I got fine. Right, right, I right. didn't say nothing. I got fine So I just came up with that like both teams did play hard though Going Marshawn Lynch before Marshawn ever did it. Saying I'm here so I won't get fined Another going on on the court. Incidents with officials all the time. One of the most memorable Game one of the 2000 Western Conference Finals getting tossed Against the LA Lakers. And it have been building up to this. Rashid Wallace has been tossed. Listen to Ron Garrettson, he'll explain the reason why. Yeah. Timeout LA. Whack, get out. Get away from me, Steve. Get away from me, Steve. He didn't say a word. Technical foul, Wallace, he's gone. No, not right I asked him three times. I just think that this is a misunderstood Rasheed Wallace. Uh, hear what he had to say about that moment on the jump years later, talking about what he was thinking, staring at Ron Garrison getting ejected. And by the way, Steve Smith uh, just trying to go talk to Ron Garrison. Get away from me, Steve. That is just one of the best moments of officials quoted in the NBA of all time. It was just fantastic. All right. So here's Rasheed talking about what he was thinking, staring at Ron Garretson. I got you. Everything that I was saying was true. I got you. You're <laughs> so focused on me well, running up and down the court that you're not even calling a game. So just hearing him say, you know, in that first clip that there were a lot of lies uh, being written about the Portland Trail Blazers in the media, and I'm not saying that everything was, but it's obvious that uh, per a great example, uh, Steve Kerr even has talked about this. There was, I think it was a Christmas celebration or a Uh, either a meal that was being served or a Christmas tree event for underprivileged families in the Portland area. Some paper had snapped a few pictures of the Blazers and used one that they had particularly looked disinterested in. I think Rasheed Wallace just kind of looked annoyed for a moment and they used that as the representation of Rasheed and his attitude for the entire event. Uh, Players like Steve Kerr came out Uh, in the book, Jail Blazers, and said publicly before that, that that was totally misconstrued. And that was an absolute misrepresentation by the media. So it really was an attitude by some people then. It was just in their minds that the Blazers were bad and they were going to do anything that they could uh, to continue that narrative, regardless of if they were even at that event because Rashid Wallace was actually one of the nicest guys off the court. Ernie Johnson introd an interview that year in 2004 before. Rashid Wallace was traded to the Atlanta Hawks. But just listen to what Rashid does off the court and listen to how Ernie describes Rashid and what he does. Kind hearted person who donates 30 tickets a game, good ones on the lower level to Portland's underprivileged kids, and runs a free summer basketball camp in his native Philadelphia. But his philanthropy has been overshadowed by what is perceived as a surly attitude and by legal troubles he's been cited for marijuana possession and driving with a suspended license you know the first bit of that is all ernie talking about the good that rasheed does and none of that stuff was talked about nearly as much as the bad during rasheed wallace's time here that uh, i'm 30 years old that is the first time in my life that i had heard that rasheed wallace donated 30 tickets a game to underprivileged kids are you kidding me I'm 30 years old. It's 2020. I've been watching the Blazers since I was like five or six, and I never knew that. I had only heard about the bad. All right, fans, tell your friends. Rasheed Wallace, when he was a Blazer, he gave 30 tickets a home game. That's 41 games a year. He gave 30 tickets to underprivileged kids. 16 years later, and I know I'm jaded as a diehard Blazers fan. I can't help but look back on his time and think that the fans were way, 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 way too hard on him. I can't help but think about how stupid it is that Blazers fans got upset about him and Damon getting caught smoking weed. All right, the Yellow Hummer stop in 2001, November of that year, it was ridiculous, all right? It was an unintelligent move. But remember, these were millionaires in their 20s at a time when the league wasn't really educating its rookies on how to act like professionals. Manage your money, keep your mistakes to a minimum. They got rookie symposiums going on in basically every major sport now, but they didn't focus on that kind of stuff then. I don't care that times have changed. Blazers fans, we all come across as giant hypocrites. All right, and sure, the technicals, they were an issue. But hell if he wasn't correct when he was upset, like we heard talking about what he thought, staring at Ron Garrettson. There were a lot of times I remember him getting dicked around by the officials. So, us fans, as well as the media, being too hard on Rasheed Wallace, in my opinion, cost Portland a chance to keep one of the best power forwards in the game at the time around for a lot longer. I mean, he was averaging almost 18, 19 a game at his peak in Portland. Hit the three. Y'all remember the back down turnarounds that he was so well known for? as well as his just general effort. Why do you think he was so upset at the referees? Because he wanted to win. It's not because he wanted to be right. It's because he wanted his team to succeed. And when he thought the referees were trying to take that away from him, he would get pissed. Wouldn't you? Blazers fans had so many other people to be upset at and legitimate reasons to be. Isaiah Ryder, Ruben Patterson, Quintel Woods, a young Zach Randolph, Darius Miles around during those years. Those guys are the real reason for the Trailblazers nickname, Jailblazers. Is it deserved? Maybe, maybe not. But once and for all, it needs to be shouted from the rooftops that Blazers fans were wrong about Rasheed Wallace. He shouldn't be included with the players all thought of as the Jailblazers. And that the topic of this week in Blazers history, the deal that sent him away February 9th, 04, should never have happened. Shame on us, Rip City. We screwed that one up. And I hope that people that watched the team in the late 90s and early 2000s are smart and caring enough to admit that. Could have kept Rashid. It was painful watching him win a championship in Detroit, and that should have been with Portland. Well, that's a wrap on episode six of Believe in Trailblazers. If you have any burning questions about the team you want answered or think I'm crazy, hit me up on Twitter, on the air, Jordan, with an O. The show's available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Please, please, please hit the download button, subscribe wherever you listen. You'll really be helping me out and getting that random algorithm to show this to as many new listeners as possible. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. That's dot com. If you like the show... Please tell all of your fellow fans about the newest Trailblazers show on the block. That's all for now, Blazers fans. I'm Jordan Schultz, and I'll talk to you next week. Rip City, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.